السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله Good to have everyone back inshallah Hope you're in the best of Iman and health uh, We'll continue with Zad al-Mustaqna of Imam al-Hajjawi uh, With Allah's permission inshallah So the author he says today فصل في موقف الإمام والمأمومين He's going to talk about the section pertaining to where the Imam stands and where the follower stands so he says, الإمام, That the followers, they stand behind the Imam. And this is gotten from many different ahadith. From them is the one in Bukhari and Muslim, where Anas radiallahu anhu, he said, That the grandmother of uh, Anas ibn Malik, Mulaika radiallahu anha, she called the Prophet وسلم, for some food that she had prepared for him. The Prophet وسلم, ate from it. Stand up so I can pray for you guys. He said to the household members, Stand up and I can pray for you. So Anas he said, He said, I got up and I rushed to get a praying mat or a mat. Uh, belonging to us which had become dark and black due to the long periods of use so I washed it with a bit of water I sprinkled water on it so the Prophet got up to pray so myself Anna says and one of the orphans we stood behind the Prophet and his grandmother the old woman Mulaika stood behind the men and then the Prophet وسلم, he prayed to raka'ah for us and then he left. So in this hadith narrated by Bukhari Muslim that Anas anhu describes, we find it's describing how people should stand behind the Imam. That the men, they stand, they stand first in the row behind the Imam and then after them is the women. Okay? Excuse me. So the author, he says, If the people or somebody was to stand on the right of the Imam, then that would also be correct. And also, if they were to stand on either side of the Imam in the same row, then that would also be correct. So another way of standing behind the Imam, rather than being in a row behind him, is that if it's only one person, the person can stand on the right of the Imam in the same row as him. And also, if it's more than one person, they can be on either side of the Imam in the same row, on the right and the left. This is because Imam Ahmad, he narrates that Ibn Masoodin stood between Al-Qama and Al-Aswad and he said that it was the Sunnah to do so. He said that I saw the Prophet doing like this. So if a people were to line up in that manner, meaning that they're in the same row as the Imam, whether on the, uh, being on the right and the left of the Imam, or just being on the right if it's only one person, then that is well and good, though it's khilaf sunnah It's going against that which is the established sunnah. The established sunnah is to have everybody behind the imam if they are able to do so. The author, he mentions, It's not permitted for people to stand in front of the uh, imam. Uh, this would invalidate the salah, okay? Because those in front of the imam they're taken away from the imam status. Imam literally means to be imam. Imam means to be in front. So if the imam is not in front, he's not imam. 
And also it would mean that if the people are in front of the Imam, it would mean they would have to turn around away from the Qibla to see what the Imam is doing. Okay? Uh, Sheikh Muhammad Jasr and others, Sheikh Muhammad uh, Mutlaq Jasr and others, they narrate some istithnat, okay, some uh, exceptions to this. And the first of the exceptions is that if the people are hawl al-Ka'ba, around the Ka'ba. So sometimes around the Ka'ba you find many a time in fact that people are in front of the Imam, they are not behind the Imam. And in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and the Khulafa Rashidin, the four righteous caliphs, it would only be that the people would pray behind the Imam. They would never go in front of the Imam. It was only in the time of the Amir uh, of Mecca, the leader of Mecca, Khalid ibn Abdullah al-Qasri, uh, that people started to go in front of the Imam and wherever they would be around the Kaaba, they would pray uh, with the Imam. So in that situation where people are around the Kaaba uh, and being in front of the Imam, it's an exception, it's permissible. Another permissible exception from, being, uh, from the prohibition of being in front of the Imam is that if people are praying Nafal inside the Kaaba, uh, if they're praying Nafal inside the Kaaba, then it's permissible for them if they have to be in front of the Imam with two conditions. The first of them, or with two situations as a condition. The first of them is that the Imam, he should be facing their faces. So the face of the Imam should be facing their faces. Or the second situation is that the back of the Imam should be to their backs, if that happens to be a situation. But it should never be that the Imam's face is facing the followers back. That should never be a situation. طيب. A third exception for whereby one can possibly be in front of the Imam and not have the Salah invalid is if somebody is forced, like somebody is pushed out of the line and they go in front of the Imam and then they come back to the line standing where they should be. This is also valid. And also the ulama, they say, fi shiddatil khawf. Fi shiddatil khawf, meaning that if it's a situation of a lot of fear, like the prayer of fear, for example. Okay, so somebody can be in front of the imam as long as he finds a way to follow the imam in the movements of the salah. In any case, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said that it's permissible if there's no other space in the place of prayer. If there's no other space in the place of prayer, then the person can go in front of the Imam uh, due to necessity. So again, just to clarify, our author, Al-Hajjawi, he said that it's not permissible for a person to go in front of the Imam. And we gave four exceptions that are mentioned by men of the Hanbali scholars. Okay, as a question to yourselves, and please unmute yourselves in answering this question, and then re-mute yourself. The question is, what is the dabit of At-Taqaddam al al-Imam? What is the dabit? What is the uh, controlling rule to determine what is going in front of the Imam and what is not considered as going in front of the Imam if they are praying in the same row? So you're in a situation where you're praying with the Imam in the same row, whether on the right of him or both on the right and the left of him. What is the dabit? What is the controlling rule which determines whether somebody has gone in front of the Imam or not in front of the Imam? Is it due to the length of their noses? Is it due to their knees? Is it due to, what can it be due to? Answer the question, please. Okay, Jazakallah khair, may Allah reward you. So the ulama say, such as Sheikh Abdul Salam al-Shawair, they said it's not to do, it's not uh, anything else except the heels, as the brother mentioned, it's the heels. So you may find somebody in the row next to the Imam in the same row that has very long feet. Therefore, the toes of that person will be in front of the Imam. But that is not considered at taqaddum That is not considered going in front of the Imam because as the brother correctly said, the heels have not got, gone in front of the Imam. So the dabit, the controlling rule here, 
is whether or not the heels go in front of the Imam or not. Second question to yourselves, please, is what is the dhabit if one is sitting in the row? So you have a group of people in the same row as the Imam, and also there in the same row as the Imam, you have somebody sitting on the floor or sitting on a chair. What is considered as the dhabit of somebody going in front of the Imam in this situation? The answer is as follows. If the person is sitting, okay, it's the answer is uh, the glutes. The glutes, which is basically the bottom of the person. So if the bottom of the person, the cheeks of the bottom of a person go in front of the feet of the Imam, then that is considered a taqaddam ala al-Imam. Okay, that is considered going in front of the Imam. As long as the cheeks are not in front of the feet or in front of the uh, ankles of the Imam, then here there is no taqaddam. Jazakallahu khairan. So the author, he says, may Allah have mercy upon him, wala an yasarihi faqat. Also, what is not allowed in pertaining to lining up with the Imam, the first thing he mentioned not allowed is not to go in front of the Imam. Also, what is not allowed, wala an yasarihi faqat, is that if a person prays on the left of the Imam, while the right of the Imam is empty. So there's somebody who's standing next to the Imam, instead of standing on the right of the Imam, he stands to the left. This is not allowed. Why? Because in Bukhari, the Prophet وسلم, he was praying Qiyam al-Layl, he was praying the night prayer. He took Ibn Abbas from the left and he brought him to the right. Okay, So this shows that it's not permissible to pray on the left of the Imam if the right of the Imam is empty. And uh, the ulama, they mention, such as Sheikh Sami al-Suqair in his explanation of Rawd al-Murbi' he mentions this is the case if a person play, prays a complete raka'ah on the left while the right is empty. Okay, If it's less than a complete raka'ah, then the salah is valid. Okay, But if he happened to play a, pray a whole raka'ah on the left while the right is empty, then the salah will be invalid. طيب. Ibn Qudama, uh, Imam al-Muflih and al-Mirdawi from the Hanbali scholars, they said, in fact, it's permissible if the person prays on the left. And they use the same hadith. Can anybody try to uh, extract from the same hadith that I mentioned about Ibn Abbas in Bukhari, what can be the proof to say that it's allowed to pray on the left in this situation that I'm describing? Yes, Barakallahu yeah, we can take that as an answer because they say, look, um, when Ibn Abbas was moved from the left to the right, then part of the salah was on the left of the Imam. And had it been something that invalidates the salah, then it wouldn't be enough for the Prophet ﷺ to take Ibn Abbas from the left to the right. Rather, he would have to restart his salah. Ibn Abbas would have had to restart the salah but he didn't do so. Therefore, the opinion according to Ibn Qudaba and Mufli and Al-Mirdawi and others of the Hanbali Madhab, they said that it's permissible. Okay, it's not the correct thing to do, but if somebody happened to do it, then the Salah would not be invalidated. And this was mentioned by Sheikh Fahad Al-Mutiri in his explanation of the book. The author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he moves on and he says, وَلَا فَضُّ خَلْفَهُ أَوْ خَلْفَ الصَّفْ Nor is it allowed for a person to be alone praying behind the Imam. If a person prays alone behind the Imam or he prays alone behind a row, then this salah of this person is not going to be valid. Because in the hadith narrated by Ahmed and Ibn Majah of Ali ibn Shayban and Ibn Hiban, he said that the hadith was authentic. The Prophet said, لا صلاة لفرد خلف الصف That there is no prayer for the one who prays alone behind the row. So the author is saying if you pray alone behind the Imam instead of next to the Imam or you pray alone uh, behind a row 
uh, in the prayer, then the salah is not going to be valid. And also in Ahmad and Abi Dawood, Wasab ibn Ma'bad, radiyallahu anhu, the companion, he said that the Prophet sallallahu saw a person praying alone behind a row, and the Prophet sallallahu ordered him to repeat the salah. So as the author said, it's not permissible, permissible to pray alone behind the row or behind the imam. Ibn Taymiyyah from the Hanbalis, he said that it's allowed if there's no space in the row, meaning to say that if there's nowhere else that the person can pray, then it's allowed for him to pray behind the row alone. The author, he says, إِلَّا أَنْ يَكُونْ إِمْرَأَةً The exception to praying behind the row alone is if that it's a woman praying with men. So if there's a woman praying with men and she's by herself, then obviously she cannot join in the row of the men. Rather, she prays alone behind the row of the men and that will be permissible for her. And where is the proof of that? We go back to the first hadith that we mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim of Anas radiallahu anhu where he mentioned his grandmother Mulaika, how they lined up behind the Prophet and his grandmother was lined up alone behind Anas and the orphan. So this shows that if there was a woman and she's alone, then she can pray alone in the row behind the, behind the men. So this is an exception. Question to yourselves, when is it not permissible for a woman to pray alone behind a row? When is it not permissible for a woman to pray alone behind a row? Barakallahu exactly. So that's, that's a separate issue altogether. And I suppose it's pertaining to context. Maybe the people of this, uh, in, of this salah, they're in a household. And so in this situation, uh, other men are known not to join. But in this particular situation, the ulama, they say that if a woman is alone behind the row of the men, then of course it's permissible for her. But the question was, when is it not permissible for a woman to pray alone behind when she's uh, alone in the row? And the answer would be if the women, if it's only women in the, in the musalla, if only women are praying, then the same rules apply to the women like they do to the men. So if there's a row of women praying and they have an imam, and then a woman, she's standing alone behind the saf, behind the row of women, then for her, it would not be permissible for her to stand alone and to pray uh, behind the row. The same rule for the men in this situation. Jazakallahu khairan. The author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he says, That the uh, imam of the women, when an, a woman imam is praying for women only, then she prays in the row itself. She doesn't stand in front of them. And it, this is istihbaban, yani it's mustahab. It's recommended. It's not something which is an obligation, a wajib. But if women are praying by themselves, then the imam of the women, she should pray in, in the middle of the row of the women. If she was to go in front, that would be okay, but it's khilaf sunnah It's going against what uh, has been taught by the Prophet ﷺ because this is what Aisha radiyallahu anha would order women to do, order the women to do. That they should pray in the middle, the, the woman imam, she should pray in the middle of the row. The author he says, In a normal situation, you have the Imam in the front, after the Imam, behind the Imam, you have the men, and then behind the men, you have the children, and then behind the children, you have the women. And this is recommended. Okay, this is how the lineup should be. First, it should be the men behind the Imam, then the children, the Sibyan, and then the Nisa, then the women. The author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he said, Like they would do in the, in the janazah. Lining up for janazah would be in this situation. The imam would be in the front, 
then will be the men, then the Sibyan, the children, then the Nisa, then the women. The Imam now, the author, he's going to mention a few situations where there are other people in a row lined up with uh, a person behind the Imam, but these people will not be considered as valid people uh, to constitute a row, okay? So again, the author is going to mention situations now where there is somebody praying behind the Imam and the person behind the Imam, somebody else is with him, but that person doesn't constitute legally, according to fiqh, uh, as being valid in the row. So let's see what the author says. May Allah have mercy upon him. He says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَقِفْ مَعْهُ إِلَّا كَافِرٌ And the person in a row behind the Imam, who is by himself, and the second person with him is a kafir, then this wouldn't be valid. The person would be considered as being having prayed alone, even though he has a kafir next to him. So somebody may ask themselves, how can that situation be? Well, it could be that you have somebody who is well known to have extreme beliefs in Islam, like the Rafi the Shia, right? Those who claim that Ali radiallahu anhu is God. So you know that this person is a Rafi the Shia and he's standing next to you in the row, only you and him behind the Imam. So then your standing in that situation would, would not be valid, would not be legally valid. You would have to stand in the, on the right hand side of the Imam. Or he says, O Imra'a. Or if it's a woman standing next to you. If it's a woman standing next to you, then that is also not considered as you not praying alone. So the point being here is that the author is mentioning people who are next to you, but in reality, they're standing next to you is not legal. You are still considered as being praying alone. And if you're praying alone, as we previously mentioned, then your salah is not valid in that situation behind the imam. So whether it's a kafir or it's a woman standing next to you, your salah is not going to be considered valid because they are not considered as a valid second person with you in the row. Or if one of the two people standing behind the Imam in the row, they have broken their wudu and broken their wudu, they're in a state of hadith and they know that. Either the person himself uh, who has broken the wudu knows that and his companion doesn't know that, or his companion also knows. In both situations, then it's considered that the person was standing alone then the Salah is not going to be valid of that person because his companion who was standing next to him had broken his wudu. Whether the one standing next to the one with the broken wudu knew about that or didn't know about that, then in both cases it's not going to be considered as valid. And also the fourth person is awsabiyun fi fard. If it's a child in the fard, meaning that you're standing behind the Imam and next to you is a child as the second person in the row, in the row, then this child is not going to be legally valid for you as a second person in the row. You are still going to be considered as standing alone. And if you're standing alone, it means that your salah is not valid because the humbly scholars, they say, you shouldn't be standing alone behind the Imam. If it's only one person, you stand on the right of the Imam. You don't stand behind the Imam. So these were the four people that it was the kafir, it was the woman, okay? It was the person who broke. They will do whether the other person knew or didn't know and the child in the Fard Salah. The reason why the child in the Fard Salah is not considered to being a valid person standing in the row, because they say that the child cannot be an Imam in the Fard Salah, therefore he cannot be a second person in the row. It's not valid for him to be an Imam in the Fard Salah, therefore it's not valid for him to be the second person in the row. Okay. Uh, however, they do allow it in the Nafal Salah. It's, it's allowed for that person to be next to you, in the Nafal Salah, the child, but not in the Fard Salah as being the second person. 
So the author, he moves on and he said, Whoever finds a space in the row, yani in front of him, or even a few rows in front, then the person has to go in and fill that row in order not to be standing behind the row by himself. Because as we said, the Hanbali scholars, they don't allow for a person to stand behind the row by himself. So if a person finds that there's a space in front of him, then they must move into that row and, and fill that gap. Also, if they find that the people are standing not shoulder to shoulder as they should be doing, which is the Sunnah, people should be standing shoulder to shoulder. If they're not doing that, then the person can gently move them along to create a space for himself to go into that gap so that he doesn't end up praying in the row alone behind the Imam, which would not be valid for him. In Ahmed, it's narrated that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that the Prophet sallallahu said, Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala alladheena yasilluna safuf. That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the angels, they make dua upon the people that join the salah, that join the rows. وَمَنْ سَدَّ فُرْجَةً رَفَعَهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا دَرَجَةً And whoever fills a gap, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises that person a rank. In, in good deeds and a rank in status. So the hadith clearly shows that it's important to connect the rows to make sure that they're filled. And if somebody finds a gap, they should go ahead and fill the gaps uh, in those rows. As long as it, as it doesn't mean that the person has to take too many steps, that he doesn't have to move too much, especially if it means that he has to move to the right or to the left. Okay, but if the, if the gap is in front of the person in the row, then he should go ahead and he should fill that especially if it means that he, this will take him away from having been in a situation where he's praying by himself, which is not allowed. The author, he says, if he cannot do that, If he's come to the masjid, he cannot find a space to pray, nor can he find a, a gap which he can fill, then what he has to try and do, he has to go to the right of the imam. He has to find a way to get to the front row to pray on the right of the imam, rather than praying alone behind the imam. Uh, behind the rows, okay? The author, he says, If the person is not able to do any of those things, he's not able to find a space, nor is he able to go to the right of the Imam, then what he should do, what's allowed for him to do, is to make tanbih to somebody in the row in front of him, either by way of tapping somebody on the shoulder, that look, I'm alone, come back and pray with me, or the person actually speaks to the person gently, uh, come back, step back and pray with me. But rather, what shouldn't be done is to pull the person. Definitely don't pull the person and definitely don't pull the person and take his space as some crazy people might do, right? So what you're allowed to do if you can't find the space, you can't uh, get to the Imam at the front, uh, you can pull the person back, uh, not pull the person back, you can gently tap him and gently try to bring him back to stand with you in the row. Uh, some of the ulama, they said it's makru to do this, uh, it's disliked to do this and the reason they say it's disliked to do it is because they, you're taking him from makan al-fadil ila al-mafdul you're taking him from the preferred situation which is being in the front row the more forward row and you're pulling him to a row which is further back so that is lessening the status of the person in the row so some of them they said this is not something which should be done in any case the author and the most of the Hanbali scholars they said if you're in this situation we have nobody to pray next to you or no spaces you can ask somebody to come back and join you uh, in the row that you are standing in the madhab the Hanbali scholars as mentioned by Sheikh Khalid al-Mushayqih he said that when you do ask this person to come back the person doesn't have a choice 
he has to step back with you to help you to ensure that you're not praying alone in the row to ensure that your salah is valid okay so it's wajib upon the person if they are asked or if it's tapped on their shoulder to bring them back that they have to step back and they have to help you to fulfill uh, that situation to uh, to ensure that you're not praying alone the author says فَإِنْ صَلَّ فَضًّا رَكَعَةٌ لَمْ the author is making repetition here but he's repeating for a purpose he says if the person prays alone behind the row or behind the imam then his prayer is not going to be valid okay and the reason he's repeating it here though he said it a few lines ago is because now he's going to build upon this he's going to build upon this situation so the person cannot pray alone uh, a raka or more uh, behind the row behind the imam or behind the row the author he says if a person makes a raka' by himself makes the ruku' by himself and then he enters into the saf like Abi Bakr did the hadith of Abi Bakr radiallahu anhu which I believe is in Bukhari where Abi Bakr he made ruku' outside of the rows and then was in a position of ruku' he took steps and he joined the Prophet وسلم, in the salah meaning he joined the rows of the other prayers after the Salah, the Prophet said to him, Zadakallahu Hirsan, may Allah increase you in your eagerness for good, but don't repeat it. So here the author is saying, Maybe somebody enters into the row because they're fearful that they may miss the ruku before the Imam may get up before they get to the row. So they make the ruku away from the rows, okay? And then they try to uh, get into the row. So again, the author is saying that if somebody makes a ruku alone and then he gets into the row before the imam goes to sujood or the person is alone and he makes a ruku and before the imam goes to sujood somebody else comes and stands next to him so he's not alone anymore. Okay, Because if he was alone as we said then his salah is not going to be valid. So the ulama of the madhab what they mean here is that if a person has an excuse and like we said the excuse is that for example the person doesn't want to miss the ruku so in this situation the person is alone he makes the ruku and he manages then whilst making the ruku to get to the saf to get to the row before the imam goes into sujood then his salah for him will be valid so the humbly scholars they say if he has an excuse and he gets to the row for ruku before the imam goes into sujood then his salah is going to be valid. However, if he does that with that excuse, meaning that he made ruku' outside of the row, and he gets to the row after the imam has risen his head from the ruku', then his salah is not going to be valid. So they make a differentiation in this situation. That if it's based upon ex excuse, then if he makes the ruku' and gets to the row before the imam goes into sujood, or somebody else joins him in the row before the imam goes into sujood, then it's valid. And if it's not based upon an excuse, then if he doesn't get to the row before the imam raises from the ruku or nobody else joins him in the row before the imam gets to the ruku then the salah is going to be invalid the author he says a next chapter a next section pertaining to the imam and the followers he says faslun fi hukmil iktida he's going to talk now about a section whereby what is the relationship in following the imam how does a person follow the imam in the salah so he says, It's permissible for the follower in the masjid to follow the imam even if he cannot see the imam. So as long as you're not alone behind the row, 
if you're like 10 rows behind the row which is behind the Imam and you cannot see the Imam, your salah is still permissible. If you cannot see the Imam and you cannot even see those who are praying behind the Imam, your salah will still be valid. As long as you can hear the takbir of the Imam, as long as you can hear the takbir of the Imam and you are in the same place, you are in the same vicinity because the, the place the buqa'ah, the place has one ruling and therefore wherever you are in that place, you will be given that ruling, okay? So as long as you are in the masjid or in the haram, for example, you may not be able to see the imam or the followers of behind the imam, but as long as you can hear the takbir, whether directly from the imam or from a muballigh, somebody who uh, narrates the takbir of the imam, uh, then your salah will be valid. And in Bukhari, Imam Bukhari, he narrates the action of Abu Huraira where Abu Huraira salla ala saqf al-masjid bi salat al-imam that Abu Huraira, may Allah have mercy upon him he prayed on the roof of the masjid whilst following the prayer of the imam so as long as the place is one okay, whether on top of the masjid or inside of the masjid as long as you can follow the imam or the followers of the imam then your salah is going to be valid as long as you can hear the takbir, right? but of course to be in the situation where you join the rows, that is the sunnah and that is what should be established. Wherever people are able to do that, establish the rows, connected, that is what should be sought and that should never be strayed away from. But in a situation where you are away from the rows, as long as you can hear the imam, uh, then your salah is going to be valid. He says, And also if the person is outside of the masjid, as long as he can see the Imam or the followers of the Imam and hear the takbir, then his prayer is going to be valid. Okay, in Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu anha, our mother, she narrated that the Prophet sallallahu was praying in his room and the wall of the room was quite short. So the people in the masjid, they could see the figure of the Prophet sallallahu They didn't see his whole body. They could see part of his body. But by the virtue of being able to see part of the body of the Prophet ﷺ, they began to follow him in Salah. And this took place for two or three days, whereupon the Prophet thereafter, he stopped praying in that room because he didn't want this particular prayer that the people were doing behind him to become obligatory. And the evidence from the hadith is that the people, they couldn't, they weren't following the Prophet ﷺ in the masjid, rather they were following him from behind the wall, but because they could see part of him and they were able to follow him, then that is valid. So the author is saying that even if you are outside of the masjid, if you can see the imam or the followers of the imam, then you are able to follow the imam in the salah. Tayyib. Uh, some of the Hanbali scholars like uh, Imam al-Mardawi, they said it's conditional that the rows have to be connected if you're outside of the masjid, right? It's a condition that the uh, rows have to be connected if you're outside of the masjid. The author says that it's also permissible for a person uh, it's permissible if the Imam is above the followers. It's permissible if the Imam is above the followers because in Bukhari and Muslim from the Hadith of Sahal ibn Sa'ad he said, رَأَيْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى عليها, Meaning that I saw the Prophet ﷺ pray upon the member. And then the Prophet ﷺ would step down to make sujood and then he would go back up. And at the end of it, he said, إِنَّمَا صَنَعْتُ هَذَا لِتَأْتَمُّ وَلِتَعَلَّمُ صَلَاتِي 
He said, the Prophet ﷺ, I did this on the member, praying on the member above you guys, in order that you would follow me and learn the prayer from me. So it's permissible uh, for the Imam to be above the followers. However, the next sentence he says, However, it's disliked if the Imam is higher than the followers, uh, an arm's length or more. Because in Abi Dawood, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَا أَمَّرَجُ الْقَوْمِ فَلَا يَكُمْ فِي مَكَانٍ أَرْفَأَ مِنْ مِقَامِهِمْ That if a person, he is leading a people in prayer, then he shouldn't stand in a place, في مَكَانٍ أَرْفَأَ In a place which is higher than they are in. Okay? So the exception, as we mentioned in the previous hadith, is if this is done to teach the people how to pray. Okay? If this is done to teach the people how to pray, then there's no kirah, then it's not makruh. And also, if, there, if, the, if another situation where it's not makruh is if there is another person with the imam. If there's another person with the imam in the same row on a higher platform than the rest of the followers, then also here, it's not makruh. So the author, he's saying it's not makruh for you as an imam to be higher than the followers if you are doing that uh, in a situation which, which is not higher than the arm's length. Okay? If it's higher than an arm's length, then this would be makruh unless it's for maybe teaching pur purposes or if you have other people with you on the same level as you. The author now, he says, may Allah have mercy upon him, ka'imamatihi fi taq And also it's makruh for a person to be an imam in a taq. A taq is a mihrab. A mihrab to the extent whereby that if you were inside of the mihrab, then people on the ends of the rows, on the left of the row and the right of the row, they wouldn't be able to see you. Only people that can see you are the ones that are directly behind you. So the taq is a mihrab and uh, Ibn Masood, he would say that it's disliked for the person to do this, to pray in the mihrab if the people on the sides of the row cannot see the person. However, if the masjid is busy and there's nowhere else for the imam to stand, then the imam, he can stand in that situation. He can stand uh, in the mihrab and pray. And also an exception the ulama give, they say that if the imam, he's standing outside of the mihrab, but he goes to make sujood inside the mihrab, then this is also permissible because it doesn't affect the followers' ability to follow the imam. It doesn't affect the followers' ability to follow the imam. The author says, And it's makru, it's makru for the imam that he makes nafal prayer in the place where he prayed the obligatory salah. Because Imam Ibn Abi Shayba in Al-Musannaf, in his Musannaf, and Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani said it's authentic in Al-Fatih, Al-Fatih Al-Bari, which is the explanation of Sahih Al-Bukhari. Uh, he narrates from Ali radiyallahu anhu, who said, إِذَا سَلَّمَ الْإِمَامِ فَلَمْ يَتَطَوَّعْ حَتَّى يَتَّحَوَّلَ مِنْ مَكَانِهِ أَوْ يَفْصِلَ بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْكَلَامِ that Ali radiallahu anhu said that if an imam, he finishes praying, then he shouldn't make supererogatory prayers until he changes the place from the place that he was praying in. And he prayed his fard salah in one place. He's not allowed to do the nafal in the same place until he changes place or he has some kind of speech uh, with other people or dhikr or something to that effect to separate between the obligatory prayer and the nafal prayer. One of the wisdoms of this, uh, apart from... Uh, this being the opinion of Ali radiallahu anhu, who obviously, uh, you know, is an imam of Ahl Sunnah, is a, from the Khulafa al-Rashidin. Uh, one of the reasons, the benefits of this is that sometimes, if the imam, after having prayed uh, his obligatory prayer, he prays the nafal in the exact same place, 
then people who come slightly late may think that the prayer is still valid, may think that there's something, uh, a confusion of some sort here, that the Imam is still praying uh, or he hasn't finished the prayer, something of that nature is, is one of the reasons. <clears throat> the author, he says, as mentioned, that the person cannot do, uh, the Imam cannot do enough al salah in the place where he has done the fard salah. Why is an exception to this? There's an exception to this. That a, there is an exception where the Imam he can do another prayer in the same place where he prayed uh, the obligatory salah. What can that exception be? A question to yourselves. Barakallah fiq, may Allah increase you in good. Exactly. Jazakallah khair. When you're combining the prayers, you're making jama' taqdim or jama' ta'akhir. You're making the jama' in the different ways possible. Then the Imam, of course, he can pray in the same place. Okay? So in any case, the author, he said that the Imam is not permissible for him to pray a nafil until he moves from the place or he makes some kind of speech. Uh, pertaining to the ma'mum, pertaining to the follower, the follower can do that. It's not makruh for the follower to pray a nafil in the place where he prayed his obligatory salah. However, it's known as khilaf al-awla. Khilaf al-awla is less than uh, makruh, uh, as mentioned by Sheikh Mutlaq Jasr. Uh, there is a hadith which is often mentioned and it's in Abi Dawood and Ibn Majah where it says uh, the Prophet said that the Prophet said uh, one of you unable that after he's prayed is he unable to move forward or backwards or to the left or to the right meaning that the person he shouldn't do his next voluntary prayer after the obligatory prayer in the same place that it's disliked however uh, Bukhari and Ibn Hajr al-Asqalani, they both said that this hadith is weak, as mentioned by Sheikh Fahd al-Mutiri. So for the uh, follower, once the follower has done his obligatory salah, it's allowed for him to do a nafal salah in the same spot. Who it's not allowed for, as the author said, is not allowed for the imam and unless he uh, makes some type of speech or he moves from that. The author gives an exception, he says, illa min hajatin, unless there is a need for the imam to pray in the same place. Because the qa'idah, the rule in fiqh is that the kiraha, the dislike, the ruling of something being is makru, if there is a need, then it's taken away. Then that makru is no longer makru. Okay, it's now become mubah. So if there is a need for the imam to pray in the same place, like it's an extremely busy place, then the author says it's allowed for him to do so. However, other humbly scholars, they say he can avoid this by doing something simple, which is to pull somebody from behind and to swap places with the person that was behind him. And that would also avoid this situation. The author says, it's also makruh, this following point. That the Imam is makruh for him to sit in his position after he has prayed facing the Qibla. This is something which is makruh. Because in Sahih Muslim, it's narrated about the Prophet Sallallahu That the Prophet is mentioned in Sahih Muslim that once he would make taslim, he wouldn't sit in his place facing the Qibla except for the duration of saying Allahumma And we know from the Sunnah that before you do that, you make istighfar three times. So the duration is making istighfar three times and then saying that dua. So thereafter, the person, the imam, should turn away from the qibla, either to the left or to the right, because it's mentioned in both ways in different hadith, or facing the followers. Why is it makruh? 
apart from it being the sunnah, not to do that. Why is it also makru, um, not to be facing the qibla for a long period of time? Does anybody know? Question to yourselves. The Prophet Sallallahu said in another hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim, لا تسبقوني بانصراف لا تسبقوني بانصراف Do not turn away from the qibla before I do. The Prophet Sallallahu said in Sahih Muslim. So it's not permitted for the followers to turn away from the qibla until the Imam turns away from the qibla. So if the Imam sits there for a long period of time, it means that the followers are going to have to sit for a long period of time and this is something which is quite difficult for the followers to do. The author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he says, فَإِن كَانَ ثَمَّ نِسَاء لَبِثَ قَلِيلًا لِيَنْصَرِفْنَا If women are praying with the men behind the men, then the Imam should sit for a period of time before turning away from the Qibla to allow the women to leave before the men in the rows would be allowed to leave. Because this is, this is what Umm Salama radiyallahu anha narrates in Sahih al-Bukhari about how the Prophet sallallahu would do if there were women praying behind their men. The Prophet ﷺ would sit facing the Qibla a bit longer to allow uh, the women to leave the masjid or to leave the area. The author he says, And it's disliked for the people to pray between the sawari, sawari are pillars. It's disliked to pray between the sawari if this breaks the sufuf. And Al-Hakim Al-Mustadrak said this hadith is authentic, narrated by Qurra radiyallahu anhu said, Kunna nunha an nusalli bayna sawari wa nutradu minha tardan. That he said, we used to be forbidden to pray between the sawari, between the pillars, and we used to be removed from them forcefully. The Hanbali scholars, they say that what dictates that which breaks the, the salah, the dabit, of the pillar which breaks the salah, if people pray between them, or not breaks the salah, sorry, of what, what is makru for people to pray in uh, between the pillars, is if the pillar is more than three arms uh, in width, if the pillar is more than three arms in width, or the equivalent of three men. So if you have three men standing next to each other, that is the more popular opinion in the madhab, and some they say three length, three arms length, okay? And a side point here, is that that would also mean that if you're praying in the row and between you and the next adult is a group of children which are three uh, men's width, then this would break the uh, row. And this is something which is not uh, recommended to do, something which is against the sunnah. So we'll stop here, inshallah. We'll uh, ask for any questions that you have or clarifications. Wa sallallahu alayhi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The many mistakes and shortcomings were from myself and shaitan. We ask Allah to make us from those who increase in knowledge and to improve in worship for His sake alone.